Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. So we're in part two of this series called Pray It In, which is a word we felt like the Lord gave us about prayer for this year, and uh, start with Jesus. Pray it in, live it out in love. Those, those three words. And, um, you know, praying, learning to pray things in <clears throat> really is a journey. It's something that when you don't know how to do something or when you're learning to do something, it can be like a little clunky at the start. You know, you're kind of learning the moves. You know, if you don't know how to dance, it, it can be awkward at first. And uh, I think I know how to country dance. She thinks I don't. <laughs> Um, just, you know, okay. go, go forward. Okay. So it can be clunky at first. And it's, it was like that when we first lear- started learning how to pray together, it was, it, there was like resistance to us learning how to pray together as a married couple. And we had to finally, like one of the things we would do is it really sounds like a good idea to pray when you're having tension, but but it became like this thing where, you know, if one of us dropped the prayer card in the middle of the argument or something, we had to get ground rules for doing that. But we finally said, doggone it, you know, we're going to pray is a green light. It's a green light to pray all the time. And uh, But we had to learn that together. Uh, you have to learn how to pray with your kids. Pray with kids. Learn how to do that. Where that becomes normal and normative. And just it, it takes time because there's little there's little flesh resistance in those little guys, right? Got little little bits of flesh in there. It's called the sinful nature. And uh, it's there. We've all got it. Um, you know, a, another just a place where you have to learn how to do this is in corporate prayer meetings where you're trying to get some prayer going about something. I remember when we moved down here in 2002 from Grapevine, uh, we started a prayer meeting about a building. <clears throat> 2002. We didn't move in here until 2009. So we started... That was seven years of praying about the building. And because we were a cell church when we started off, all those first nine years of the church, uh, we had no vision for a building. It wasn't even on the radar. So we we're meeting in homes. We need a place to rent on Sunday morning. We didn't have to have a place like this. And, and so those early prayer meetings were like clunky, awkward. Somebody would say some stuff and other people would be like, maybe, amen, not totally sure. You know, and we're just trying to figure, and, and, but good stuff happens when you come together like that. That's how you learn how to pray stuff in. And the, the wild thing was, I had written a vision statement. Uh, it, was, it was actually an article in 2002. I wrote it as if it was a, ma- a magazine article, a vision that Colin Cowtown had come and reported on us in 2007. So five years into the future, I wrote about all these things that were like a strip center, Things that weren't even on our radar at the time. It was multi-ethnic and all the different nations and stuff gathered together. And, and there was seven or eight hundred of us, at, you know. And, of course, it took 15 years for some of that stuff to happen. But, hey, praise the Lord. That's the way prayer gets, that's the way we pray things in. So what is it you want to see happen in your life personally? What is it you want to see happen? Just the kingdom of God breaking into your sphere of influence and say so. That's the kind of stuff we want to learn how to, we learn to pray it in with Jesus. 
Last week, we kicked this thing off by looking at the life and prayers of Jesus. And this week, we want to take it a step further by learning to pray it in with Jesus. And we're going to hit a couple of key areas today. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 9. And I'll just read these couple of verses. And and it's got really some of the stuff that we're trying to talk about today packed into these two verses. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So packed into there is this idea that God's given us in Jesus Christ authority to pray for stuff, to pray things on earth that he wants done right out of heaven into the earth, to, to pray with faith, to ask, knock, seek, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Those are perseverance ideas. So authority, faith, and perseverance. Those are the issues that we want to touch on today as we talk about learning to pray it in. And the interesting thing is, there is resistance built into us praying with authority. There's just there's stuff coming against us, and we need to understand that if we're going to really take some ground in prayer. And I, I want that for us. man. I mean, I want it for us to be a praying church, a house of prayer that knows how to pray stuff in, that knows how to get together as husband and wife, families, small group, life groups, all different contexts, prayer meetings, staff prayer, elder prayer, all the different ways that we pray and contexts we pray in the church. And, but there's resistance against that. There's resistance against authority because we have uh, we live in a world where the worldview, the water we swim in, is, is radical individualism. And so it's, it's so radical, in fact, the idea that somebody is authority over me and can tell me what to do, or that I should submit my life to the Lord so that I can pray His prayers, I mean, it's difficult. That is a resistance item for us in praying with authority. It really is. Faith, you know, is another... There's, there's resistance against faith. Again, it's a worldview level thing where we are children of the enlightenment. And as as wrong as what I'm about to say is, it's the way a lot of people think. That science is somehow opposed to faith. Like faith is not rational. It requires some blind leap where you chunk your mind and do a lobotomy in order to follow Jesus. Skip the lobotomy part. That was weird. But so... So, but, 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 but scientists, everybody has faith. It's just, what is your faith in? Everybody is walking in faith. I heard a story this past week about some scientists in the 1880s that for 30 years they were trying to prove that ether was in light, in, in a light wave. And so by faith, they kept doing experiments for 30 years and they finally proved that ether was not in a light wave. But for 30 years, they had faith as scientists that ether was in a light wave. Like, everybody's believing stuff. Scientists believing, and we're coming around and saying, we believe that the one who was raised from the dead, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the way, the truth, and the life. And we're putting our hope there. We're just, we're putting our hope right there. He is the one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So we're, we're, the, the, our, our faith is there. Even when stuff comes against it, We're going to keep looking to Jesus and keep believing. And ultimately, it's Him empowering us to believe. It's really good news. We believe with His faith, His faithfulness. Praise God. So then the third thing there where there's resistance is perseverance. If we're going to pray with perseverance, 
It means staying on something. Ask and keep. The verb there in Greek is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Perseverance. Jesus tells two parables about prayer and they're both about perseverance. It's a big deal. So that we would, but the resistance is, what's the resistance to staying on something, staying focused? We live in the land of a thousand distractions, a thousand choices. We're constantly, and, and really that's a part of the fall. Are we going to make our own choices about stuff or are we going to trust God? That's what it all gets down to. So, so for, for us, just in this, my heart is that, and desires that we'd be a church that lives out the prayer, uh, prayer, praying life as a value. That's, a, it's a value for us. And a value is, uh, if you can imagine core values down here at the dead center of me, the most innermost circle, then I've got beliefs, and then I've got stuff I'm doing, actions. And a lot of times we think our beliefs are what we're acting on, but, but our core beliefs down, that's what, that's what action is flowing from. And that could be watching TV, going to eat, whatever the, 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 the deepest value is, is actually what we're doing. And we can believe stuff, but the core beliefs, and here's the good news, they can change. Our core beliefs can get in line with what we say we really want to believe. It's going to require some change for us, but it's good news. And we're going to get to that as we press on with this message here this morning. The main thing then is that God's inviting us to learn with Jesus and become a community of prayer that changes things. And I want everybody to understand our prayers, they matter. They change people's lives. They change eternity every time. And I may not always see the answer right there in the first moment, but my prayers matter. I've got a little plaque in there in my office that uh, some, some women gave to me from, from, a, from a church in Kampala, Uganda in 1996. It's done with little beads and stuff. And it says, prayers change things. Prayers change things. And it's there, there in my office. I I'm, used to be in my little prayer room, had the little kneeling thing. And I still pray, but I don't have the kneeling thing and a little prayer closet thing. But, but, uh, but that, that plaque has always stuck with me. So here we go. Three things we've got to learn. It means we have to, we've got to learn to pray with authority. And if we're going to pray with authority, we've got to understand where, uh, how big a deal this is to God. Like it's a really big deal that we learn to pray with authority. It's always been not, this is not a new idea. It's always been God's plan that He would work with men and women on the earth and express His reign and rule. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27 and 28, God says, let us make man in our image, in the image of God, and let them be fruitful, and let them rule on planet earth. The image of God, fruitfulness, and ruling. He wanted us to have dominion but to express that dominion in a way that reflected heaven and God's will being done in and through us. Does that make sense? So that's, 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 all, that's a pre-fall purpose of God for man. It's not like, hey, this is some new kind of eclectic idea. No, God wants us partnering with Him on planet earth to express His will and reign on, on the earth. Psalm 115 verse 16 says, heaven belongs to God. But the earth He's given to man. He's given the earth to man because He wants us to express Him on the earth, to partner with Him and to express that, that, that authority. 
And so what that means, though, is there's going to be a battle at the place of us exercising authority. So Satan comes to Adam and Eve in the temptation. They had one, one thing they weren't supposed to do, one thing they couldn't do, and everything else was going to express trust and dependence on God. And so keep expressing that trust and dependence. Can't eat from this tree. They ultimately eat from the tree. And they give their authority in doing so. They give their authority away to Satan, to the devil. Everybody understand that? That's a, that's a big deal. That's a big loss. Really, the incarnation, God stepping into the stream of humanity is about God trying to regain what was lost in the garden. To regain authority that was given up in the garden. And to destroy the works of the devil to deal with our humanity by putting us to the grave so that we can be raised new creation and new life to the glory of God. And so Jesus does that. He lives that life of total dependence on God. He goes to the, you know, what's the first thing the devil tries to do? He's about to start his ministry. Jesus goes out in the desert and he tempts him to do what Adam and Eve did in the garden, to give up that absolute dependence on the Father. But Jesus won't do it. He's going to live in dependence, live in submission, live a consecrated life. He shows us what humanity is supposed to look like. Living a constantly dependent life upon the life of another. That's what, that's what Jesus is calling us to do. So He goes to the cross, raised... Do we sing a resurrection song this morning? We do a lot around here. You know, He's raised to life. And He says, look, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Now I want you to go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded, living in the same way, this life of dependence upon God. That's what I'm calling you to do. That's the way I'm calling you to live. All those things I taught you about prayer and, and everything, I'm giving you authority. The way he says it in Luke chapter 10, verses 18 and 19, is I'm giving you authority as you go to walk on scorpions and snakes and giving you authority over the power of the devil. That's what I'm calling you to. And so our authority, brothers and sisters and friends, is in Christ. That's where the authority is. It's in Christ. It's not us. It's in Christ. And it's our identity in Him. It's our life that's lived in participation with Him is how we express the authority of God on the earth. And so when you, when you get that background for authority... Then those teaching, the teaching that, that Jesus brings over and over again, uh, just for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 to 20, Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And Peter confesses Christ. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon. You didn't get this from, from the earth. This is a revelation to you from God the Father in heaven. And on that revelation, I'm going to build my church. And I'm going to give you keys. And you're going to exercise locking things up and loosing things. And it's going to be just like heaven's breaking in through your prayers and through those things you bind and loose. I mean, that's the authority that Jesus has given us. And it's His authority. All authority has been given to me. And I want you to use that authority in prayer. I want you to bind stuff and loose stuff. A couple... Pages later in Matthew chapter 18, he says, wherever two of you are gathered, you got two of you, then I'm right there. And he's, he's with us even when we're by ourselves. But he's, he's making a point about when you agree about something in prayer. When two of you are there, I'm with you. My presence is with you. And I promise that whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to do it because it's going to bring glory to the Father. 
That's good news. And so there is this, this promise there of the presence of God in prayer and answers, answers from God to us in prayer. So, Lord, would you just stir our hearts that we would be a praying people, that we would learn to pray with your authority on the earth. It's a big deal. I mentioned it last week. I may say it every, every week. But God wants us to be involved in training for reigning. We are the body. We are the body. We're the bride of Christ who is being prepared. Ultimately, one day, we're going to be full and radiant without stain or blemish. But we're in process right now. And part of how God gets us ready to sit on the throne with Him is to pray with authority on the earth right now. So again, you guys, the temptation will always be, as it relates to authority, the temptation is abdication. So, you know, Adam's standing there, he's been given a charge, and he abdicates. He steps back. He doesn't stand in the authority that he was given. He steps back. And that temptation is, I feel it. I, I, maybe as my, that would be one of the more pronounced things that I feel in terms of a temptation is to step back from a place of authority that God wants me standing in. To pray from this place of authority the things that God wants me praying in. Or He wants us praying in. And, and, and we do it a hundred different ways. Distracted, whatever. But we step back from the authority God's given us. That's, that's a temptation. So He wants us praying with authority. We've got to learn to do that. Second piece is we learn, we learn to pray with faith. We pray with authority. Jesus says, pray with faith. And a great little story in Matthew chapter 8 connects authority and faith together. Jesus is approached by this centurion. And he says, look, Jesus, my servant is laying paralyzed at home. Can you just, can you heal him? And Jesus said, okay, I'll go. And he says, look, I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. I say to somebody, go, and he goes. Somebody else, go, he does this, because I tell him. And I know that you're in charge. You've got the authority. And so all you have to do is say the word. You don't even have to come with me. You just say the word, and it will be done. And Jesus is like, whoa, I have seen this kind of faith in Israel. It's a Gentile centurion who's got this kind of radical faith. This is incredible. It's going to be done exactly like you believed. Go. Your servant will be healed. And from that moment, boom, he was healed. And that is a mixing. That, that's both of these things working together. Understanding authority and faith. How these things come together. Another story. Jesus was walking back and forth from the Mount of Olives to the temple. And he wanted some, some figs. And there was a tree there with no figs. And he says, well, may no one ever eat from you again. And the disciples come by the next day and the tree is withered. And they were like, wow, Jesus, that tree you cursed, it's, it's dead. It's withered. He goes, look, little tree withered, that's nothing compared to the power that you have in prayer. If you'll pray with faith. In fact, if you'll pray with faith, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and it will be done. Because if you believe whatever you ask for in prayer, it will be done for you. That's a promise. He gets like this categorical, okay, Lord, we want to believe. One of my... Uh, big heroes from the faith, and I'll just I'll tell how we actually got started reading this guy. His name's George Mueller, and uh, famous, cared for orphans in the 1800s for a long time, and he said he didn't have the gift of faith. 
So it's, which is interesting because he wrote down all of these incredible answers to prayer. He said, I'm just a normal guy and I want everybody to know that, pe- that God answers prayer. And so there was a time, this is years ago, I was doing a lot of library work over at a seminary in Dallas and, uh, and, and Kim was reading, I don't know what all she was reading at the time, but I was like, man, I want to help her, I want to give her some good stuff. And I was praying, I was driving up to the seminary library and I said, God, would you give me some just some awesome books for Kim, just some biographies. She loves to read biographies. And I, I went in there, and I found a couple of books, and they let me check them out. I mean, these books, I, I, hopefully they don't still do this. Uh, these books are worth thousands of dollars. An original 1869 copy of George Mueller's autobiography, first edition. You know, and I, I, actually, I didn't like sneak away. I went, took it to the front desk. George Mueller, and then Hudson Taylor, the, the two-volume 1911 original set, The Growth of a Soul and the China Inland Mission. And we read those, read those books. I read the two of them, the, the two thing, but I didn't read George because she fell so in love with George Mueller that George, his, his name stopped being Mueller. It was just George. We called, well, George says, duh, duh, duh. Oh, hey. And that's why we, but one of the things you do is write down prayer requests. And one of them, I remember, was he prayed, Lord, we don't have any food. The orphans need food. Would you bring, I just, would you answer this prayer? I'm, I'm praying for food for breakfast. And at 8 a.m., at just the right time, a cart pulls up with food for the orphans. And we go, well, okay, that could have happened, you know. But if you're actually praying, you get to give glory to God for that answer to prayer. Those orphans didn't have any food. He prayed that night and that morning, and they got food. Praise the Lord. Um, I'll go back one week for, a, for an answer to prayer in third service. I don't know if anybody was here in third service, but in the third service, there was a car right out there outside that window that started honking. It was about that loud in this room, maybe, maybe louder. And I was like, Whew. I was trying to focus, and I'm like, y'all, I don't think I can do it. And drive me crazy. And I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, make that car horn stop. And then, and then it stopped. And I, I, I said, I, I made some comment about using second service on, online. And, and I had a guy come up to me afterwards and he said, I know you want to use a second service, but he said, I was just, I'm pretty new in the Lord and I was just totally blessed by, I didn't know that you could pray prayers like that and answer them. You said, Father, make the car horn stop, and it stopped. That was just awesome to me, <laughs> you know. And I, I remember when we first moved into this room, uh, long, you know, '09, whatever that was, and we moved in, and I'm about to start preaching it was some important message, and all the lights go off, and it's dark and awkward in here. Just it's like pitch black, and nobody's kind of moving. There's nothing. Nobody knows knows what to do. We're new in the room. I said, Father, this important message, in the name of Jesus, bring the lights back on. The lights come back on. And I was like, praise God. You know, I mean, I feel that way a little bit, even about whenever I'm preaching about prayer, you know, just resistant stuff and just, it's a big deal. You know, these, uh, uh, Don Finto is my, my dad in the Lord. And, and, uh, one more story here. Where am I at? One more story. Um, just, um, 1998, we were in Spain, and this is one of those 
one of those. In fact, I'll tell two real quick. Uh, in 98, uh, we were in Spain, and the internet, uh, back then it was uh, dial-up. You got, a lot of you guys don't remember that. But everybody, you know, you know, and it sounds like that. It was real weird. And uh, so it was dial-up, but it would only work if we prayed first. We're in Malaga or somewhere. And it would only, he's like, Jamie, come in here. The internet won't work. And doing an email. So we go, Father, in the name of Jesus, let the internet work. And then, and he's on, you know. And uh, for real, that happened. Another time I was with him. We were in the boardroom at Belmont Church in Nashville, and we were, I was praying with the, the elders, and there was, a, it was an open window on the second floor overlooking the street, and a storm was coming in, and rain clouds were there, and it started raining, and he was like, Father, oh Lord, we've got all kinds of people coming for this service tonight. Would you part the clouds and stop the rain in the name of Jesus? And there were so many things in that prayer meeting that were already weirding me out. I, I thought you always had to keep your eyes closed in prayer, and they were all walking around, talking and praying and talk, praying through issues and stuff. It gave me a vision for how to pray in stuff, like literally praying in issues. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to them. I'm, you know, starting to open my eye a little bit and see it's okay to do that. I didn't know what the ruling was. And, uh, but, 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 but the, the clouds, I'm watching the clouds. I'm, I'm kind of back against the wall and the clouds are right there and they go like this and the sun starts shining and the rain stops. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. And Don walks by and he goes, thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. And just, it's like, oh, okay, this is how we do this. Pray with authority. Pray with faith. And the last one is we pray with perseverance. We learn to pray with perseverance. Like I mentioned just a minute ago, Jesus tells two parables about prayer, and they're both about perseverance. So in Luke chapter 11, Jesus' disciples come to him and they say, Lord, we've been watching you. Teach us to pray. And he gives them the model prayer, and then he tells this parable about this guy who has a friend come in the middle of the night. He goes to his neighbor because he doesn't have any food. Bam, bam, bam. I need three loaves of bread. Will you get up and give me something? The guy's like, no, I'm already in bed. I'm in, my kids are in bed, everything. I'm not going to get up and do that. Bam, bam, bam. I got a friend. He needs food. I've got to offer him hospitality. Bam, bam, bam. And Jesus says, because of his shameless audacity, bam, 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 pressing in. He's not going to back down. Bam, bam, bam. He gives him food. And, and, and then he goes on and he says, so ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. And he finishes that whole section up by saying, look, your father, you're a father and you know how to give good gifts even though you don't have it all together. You're sinful, you're evil. How much more will your father, when you're asking him, is how much more is he going to give good gifts? How much more is he going to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So then he tells one more parable. It's about this, the widow and the judge. And the judge was a, was a no good, low down, scallywag of a judge. And Paraphrase. Just, he, wasn't, he wasn't a good guy. But because this widow kept coming to him for justice day after day after day, he finally says, even though I'm a low-down, low no-good scallywag of a judge, even though I'm not a good person, I'm going to give this woman what she's asking for, but she's driving me crazy. And so again, how much more is God good to us in His love for us when we come praying, is He going to answer He's going he's to bring those answers to us. Keep on praying. 
is what we're saying. Pray with perseverance. And one of my big pictures of this, Ephesians 6, is, uh, is uh, a great, you know, and with this in mind, always keep on praying. It means pray and keep on praying for all the saints. We are like, uh, we're like fleas in a jar. And don't mean that in a disrespectful kind of way. But uh, just we're like fleas in a jar. We get used to the habits of our lives. And this, this is the way I've prayed. And so I'm going to pray this way. And that's, that's my prayer life. And bang, bang, bang. And if you take the top off, I'm still, that's all I'm going to pray. It's bang, bang, bang. Just, uh, you know. And so what we need to do from time to time is get outside of our norm. Go to a prayer meeting we haven't been going to. Pray in some way with our spouse we haven't been doing. Set up some different rhythms. Get Pray beyond what you've normally prayed. And in doing so, you know, we, we jump into a, now we can jump up this high, you know, and we were growing. And uh, my first trip out of the country years ago, I went to uh, Kampala, Uganda. And one of the things I did on a Friday night, they went to this church, I'd spoken there, but I went to this church where they had it every single Friday night, they prayed from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. That's what they did every Friday. Can you, can you imagine? Like, that's a, that's, that's a value. That's ordering. The, I get there about 10, 15. I'm running late. I, I, I run in because, I mean, there's 120, 150 people in there praying at the top of their lungs. I mean, it's roaring. It's this, and it's a, we're out in a swamp with a lean-to roof. And I mean, I'm just like, this is incredible. And I was just loving it. I mean, it gave me vision by learning from people, brothers and sisters, who knew how to pray more than I knew how to pray at the time. It really gave me, gave me vision. So I'm, I run in there and I'm praying that first hour. You know, I go an hour and I'm just praying along. It's 11.15. But I'm realizing I'm slowing down because I've now prayed for all the people that I know to pray for. I've prayed for grandma and mom and my sister, who I don't really pray that much for, and my, my nephews and nieces and just like, wow, you know, and I'm, I'm done. And so I finally just, we were, the prayer meeting kept going. I was like, when? oh yeah, the other thing was he'd asked me, the pastor had asked me to come speak and to encourage these guys in prayer. That's <laughs> 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 eh, funny. And so I'm out of prayers and I jump down. They have a full-time intercessor named Patrick. And he's down, he's got a bench. He's just praying back and forth like it's got like a warfare thing. So I got down on the, my knees beside him watching what he's doing, just praying. And I got through until we stopped, which was from 11.15 to 1. And I didn't know that, uh, oh, that's a watch. He goes, oh yeah, that's just, we pray the watch. That's, that's the first watch of the night for prayer. And he stands up, the pastor stands up, and then he says this about Ephesians 6. He says, so often we need to keep going. We need to get out beyond where we've prayed before so that we can move into the new place that God has for us. That's praying with perseverance. Another George Mueller story. So George, uh, he, he writes in his autobiography, he, these five guys that he was praying for. He had five guys he was praying for their salvation. One guy, it took 18 months for him to get saved, give his life to Jesus. The next guy, it was five years before he gets saved and gives his life to Jesus. Third guy, after 10 years. And the fourth guy, it was 25 years before he got saved. And it left this one guy. Can you imagine? Just, you know, you got George Mueller praying for you. And you're like, no, Holy Spirit. Crudge muchin, crud, whatever that word is. Crudge muffin. Crudge muggin. Crumudgeon. Yes. No. 
no, no, no. You know, and so Mueller prays for him for 52 years and then he dies. And a couple days later, the guy hears about it and he gives his life to Jesus. 52 years, gives his life to the Lord. That's praying with perseverance. So the key in all of this, and I want to make this point for us, it's not just knowing about authority and it's not just knowing about faith and it's not just knowing about perseverance. It's praying with authority. It's praying with faith. And it's praying with perseverance. And so when we walk into prayer meetings, man, I mean, you know, something should be rising up. I look around the room and I'm like, we're praying with authority in here. We're about to pray the prayers of Jesus on planet Earth and release heaven in, in this prayer meeting right now. I mean, and just that stirs up faith in my heart. It stirs up that one, I, Lord, and I get stirred. We hear God even through each other as we're praying that we encourage each other to pray with that kind of faith and authority and perseverance. And we, we actually learn this. There's, uh, this isn't how we actually learn it. We actually learn it. It's, it's good for me to tell you stuff and encourage you, but go pray. We want to be a house of prayer. We want to be a community that actually prays and changes things. The good news is if we're not there right now, we can change. The good news is that we can change. We might even just lean over to somebody close and tell them, the good news is we can change. Say it, just good news is we can change. We can change. We can change. We don't have to keep our schedules the way they've always been. And the fact is, you guys, we are living more distracted lives than we ever have. And, and we can make choices to change that. We don't have to just keep on the same TV schedule or the same sleeping schedule or the same whatever. We can change. Two steps. Number one, is prayer in your time with Jesus the first thing on your calendar when you wake up in the morning? There's step one. Is that the first, that, that is the most important pastoral advice I can give you is that you would spend time with Jesus first thing every single morning. Everybody cool with that? That's, that's number one. And then the second one is, second step is prayer on our calendar with others. And the reason I'm saying the calendar is it's like our life is like a jar and we can only put so much stuff in the jar and we want to make sure that the prayer stuff are like rocks that get in there early. Early in the process. It's a priority for us. And so, uh, whether it's praying with Kim or learning to pray with kids. And again, I, I promise, I'm, I'm not saying this because I, uh, I'm not saying it to be negative. But I'm saying, when you want to take steps forward in this area, there will be spiritual warfare. The enemy does not want you praying with your wife or your husband or your children, teaching them how. He doesn't want you to do that. He wants to derail authority and faith, all of that. You know, he wants to derail, derail those things. And so, uh, you know, we're going to be praying uh, on Wednesday mornings up here, 6.30 to 7.30, the next three weeks for sure. And come join. Just If you want to learn a little bit about praying in the, in the prayer meetings, praying corporately, do that. Uh, pray, pray in your life groups. You need a breakthrough in life group, then pray there. You need a breakthrough in your family, pray about it. Pray in the change that you want to see happen. You need a breakthrough with your kids. Pray about it with them. Lay hands on them. We're praying this afternoon. We've started a, a, a monthly elders prayer thing. We're praying about some important stuff right now. And we want to pray it in. We want to have the authority and the weight of having spent time with God in prayer and not just, 
you know, and, and we do this, don't we? Where we come up with, well, you know, I think we just need a da-da-da-da. I promise you'll have way more authority and you'll have way more confidence if you'll pray about it. That's the word for us. Pray in whatever the thing is. In three weeks, we're spending prayer and fasting. Uh, three days, we do that in the spring and the fall. And this is our spring run at it. So, uh, actually, it's not three weeks. It's two weeks from tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so two weeks. And, and we're going to have 19-3 prayer going on. Y'all heard of 19-3 prayer? It's like 24-7, but it's, it's not 24-7. It's 19. We're, we're trying to get 19 hours for three days covered in the prayer room and want to just invite you. Some of you guys need to be dared. I, for those, I, I dare you. With all love, you know, and and uh, you know, just see what God. We're, we'll be having a bunch of prayer meetings noon and evening, and a big blowout thing on Wednesday night that that week here at the uh, in the auditorium. So, okay, pray with authority, pray with faith, pray with perseverance, and it changes things. Y'all stand up. Let's respond to God. Ministry team, come on up. Prayer team. Worship team, we'll spend just a few minutes here just responding to God. This is one of those messages where, like, this is everybody. So it's not just, like, I can grow, we can all grow in praying with authority, praying with faith, praying with perseverance. So, Lord, whether it's all three or one specific area standing out to us, Lord, would you help us just right now we're saying we want to take a step forward with you. We want to grow as a community of faith, a community of prayer, as a house of prayer, Lord, for all nations. Would you just meet us here today? And, and I just want to say this too, just as a reminder, all of this moves forward on the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Him, say, Lord, would you just absolutely give me the, the salvation that is offered through the cross of Jesus Christ and the salvation that's found there. And you can start a journey right now, today, with Him. But this prayer thing is like so important. So Lord, would You just meet us today, Lord, with grace, to pray with authority, to pray with faith, and to pray with perseverance. Whatever, whatever and wherever we're at on this, Lord, we need help, we need grace. Support out in Jesus' name. Amen. Come and get prayer, you guys. Go for it. Be bold. Everybody needs it. Pray with somebody you came with.